Welcome to the LeanZone.com podcast, where we discuss construction contracts, liens, and bonds. And now, our host, Alex Barthet. My name is Alex Barthet. I am a board-certified construction attorney in Miami. We handle cases, uh, construction cases throughout the state of Florida. And today, we're going to answer a question that I get on a pretty regular basis uh, when clients come to me. They say, well, I, I sent all the information into the surety, and I still haven't been paid. What, what's wrong? Why is this taking so long? Um, so with that, let's get started. So today we're going to talk about, uh, as a background, what are the bond claim deadlines that you need to be aware of? Because if you haven't properly perfected your bond claim, then the surety is going to reject your claim uh, outright. So we'll talk about that. Then we'll talk about what happens once you send your notice of non-payment into the surety um, and once they get it what do they do and then the most important question is when will they pay you so first what are the bond claim deadlines that you need to be aware of so let's break it down into two parts private projects and state public projects so for private projects the general rule is the following if you have a direct contract with the bonded prime contractor, that means you're a subcontractor on the job, um, then you do not need send a notice to owner uh, or notice to contractor. Um, you should, you should have a, a process in your office that no matter what, your, uh, your office sends notice to owners and notice to contractors automatically on every job that you open over a certain amount of, of money. Maybe it's $500, maybe it's $2,500, maybe it's $10,000, but, but you have a process in your office to do that. But if you are working for a bonded prime contractor on a private job, you do not need to send a first notice, a preliminary notice. However, you do need to send the notice of non-payment within 90 days of your last date of work on the job or the last day you delivered materials if you're a material supplier. Um, the 90 days, by the way, is a hard and fast deadline. You're going to count every day, every weekday and weekend from the last day of work till the end. Um, so it's not just weekdays, it's, it's weekdays, weekends, and holidays. Except when you get to the 90th day, it's going to roll over to the next business day. So if the 90th day is a Saturday, it goes to the Sunday, which then goes to the Monday. And if Monday was a, a, a federal holiday, then it's going to roll to the Tuesday. Just know that the surety and the contractor need to receive a copy of this notice of non-payment uh, by the 90th day. So if you mail it on the 90th day, you're too late. You need to send it earlier so that they get it by the 90th day. And then the last uh, requirement that you have is that you have to file suit on the payment bond within one year from your last work on the job or the last delivery of materials if you're a material supplier or a rental company. So those are the time frames you need to be aware of for a private bonded job if you have a direct contract with the bonded contractor. Now if you don't have a contract with the bonded contractor, meaning you're a sub-sub or a material supplier to a sub, then you need to send that first notice, the notice to owner, uh, notice to contractor. And it needs to be received no later than 45 days from your first work or delivery of materials on that job site. 
Again, the 45 days is counted as I described the 90-day counting. So you count every weekday and weekend and holiday. If it lands on a uh, Saturday, Sunday, or legal holiday, it rolls to the next business day. Um, the notice of non-payment is the next item that's required. Uh, you need to send that and have it be received by the contractor and the surety no later than 90 days from your last work uh, or delivery of materials on the job site. You need to file your lawsuit on the bond no later than one year from your last work or delivery of materials on the job site. So those are the rules that you must follow to make a claim against the bond of the prime contractor if you are not in direct contract with them. So if you're a sub-sub or a material supplier to a sub. The other thing you need to be aware of, most people don't know this, uh, it's not recorded in the public record, but you can get a copy. The person or the company you're working for, so if you are a sub-subcontractor and you're working for the subcontractor, that subcontractor may have their own bond that you can make a claim against in addition to the claim uh, that you can make as the prime contractor's bond. We have a case now where our client, uh, they messed up. They did not send, they were a sub-sub on a job. They did not send the necessary notices. Um, they came to us. We had to give them the bad news that they've missed their deadline to make a claim on the prime contractor's bond. But we were able to find a, a bond by the subcontractor. So we made a claim against that bond. And the time frames of the sub bond are not controlled by this, these rules. It's controlled by whatever it says in the bond. So in the case of the bond that we got from the subcontractor, we still had rights. We made a claim and we're looking to get paid on the subcontractor bond. So don't give up if you don't have a claim against the prime contractor's bond. There may be a subcontractor bond that you can get. How do you get it? The best place to ask for a copy of that subcontractor bond is from the prime contractor. The prime contractor is more likely to give you a copy of the sub bond than the subcontractor who you have a contract with. Um, so keep that in mind. You can send that request in writing um, and they're supposed to give you a copy of, of any sub bond. So let's switch over to state public bonded jobs. The general rule is that if you have a direct contract with the bonded prime contractor, so you're a subcontractor on a bonded public job, you don't need to send your notice to owner or notice to contractor. Again, I think you should have a process in your office that no matter what job you start over a certain amount of money, those jobs automatically get noticed. But in case you missed it uh, or something fell through the cracks, know that on state public bonded jobs, if you are in direct contract with the bonded contractor, you don't need your first notice. Most people don't know this next fact, which is you actually don't even need your second notice. There is no notice of non-payment required for subcontractors on a public job that's bonded. Um, you should still send it within the 90 days um, because that should be the process in your office, but just know that if, if you are a subcontractor on a bonded job, you don't need the first notice and you don't need the second notice. You do, however, need to file suit within one year from your last work or delivery of materials on the job site. So that rule doesn't change. Now, if you're, if you're working on a state public bonded job and you are not in contract 
with the bonded prime contractor. So you are a sub-subcontractor or a material supplier to a subcontractor. You need all the notices we talked about before. You need that notice to owner slash notice to contractor within 45 days of your first work. You need the notice of non-payment delivered no later than 90 days from your last work. And you need to file your lawsuit on the bond no later than one year from your last work or delivery of materials on the project. Again, as we talked about with private jobs on bonded public jobs, your subcontractor that you have a direct contract with, they may be bonded too. So if you have lost your rights to get paid on the bond issued by the prime, maybe there was some uh, someone messed up, they, they forgot to send one of the notices, look for that bond from the subcontractor because you may have rights on that, doc, uh, on that bond. So with those uh, rules now in your head, so you won't make, those, make any of those mistakes, um, what happens when you send your notice of non-payment to the surety? What is it that they do with this document? Um, and how do you use it to get paid? So the first thing you have to understand is that the notice of non-payment only starts the process. Uh, only starts the claim process. It's the very beginning. It's not, it's not the only thing you need to send to get paid. Um, so once you submit this document, you will typically receive in response to this document a letter saying from, from the surety saying, thank you for your claim. We're going to investigate it. We're going to check with our principal. Um, but we need more information from you, so please provide us backup documentation and a proof of claim. Now understand, in the state of Florida, there's no obligation to provide that proof of claim form. And in most instances, when clients come to us and they ask us about it, we tell them not to send the proof of claim. And the reason why is that in our experience, most sureties are using that proof of claim, which is a sworn document. So you're going to swear to how much you're owed, uh, when you were on the job, the materials you provided, the labor you provided, first day on, last day off. Um, they use that documentation not to support your claim as much as to find reasons why they should deny your claim. Um, so in, in many instances, we, we advise clients not to provide the proof of claim form. There's nothing wrong with doing it, um, but in most instances we don't see it as a way to advance the claim process. This episode is brought to you by the Miami Construction Forum. This invitation-only group of construction professionals of all sizes and trades meets monthly for an informal lunch and learn session on current topics of interest, from getting paid and safety to bonding and insurance. To see the upcoming topics and request your invitation, visit MiamiConstructionForum.com. And the reason is, is that you need to understand how surety ship works. Surety ship is not insurance. When you get in a car accident with your uh, car and you're insured uh, and you pay your premium every month, then uh, a, an accident happens and you submit it to your insurance company and maybe it's a total loss. Maybe uh, you know they, they write you a check for $30,000 to fix your car. The next month your premium doesn't go up $30,000. Your premium may go up a little bit, um, but it's not a dollar for dollar reimbursement. Uh, from the claim that you submitted. 
surety ship works uh, as an indemnity product, meaning the surety underwrites for no losses. So when they have to write a check on behalf of their principal, they're going to look to their principal to get it all back. So in most instances, a surety will not voluntarily pay you money unless the principal, the bonded contractor, um, agrees to pay you first. Now, if, if they agreed to pay you, you wouldn't have submitted the claim to begin with. So clearly we have a problem, right? The surety's not going to write a check that they don't think that they can get back. Um, so it's that tension between the surety and the principal about your claim. That's why the surety doesn't just write you the check when you submit the claim. They're not in, analyzing your claim saying, well, I guess you're owed the money, so let's cut a check. That's not the process they undertake. So with that in mind, the question is, is what do you have to watch out for and what steps can you take in order to get paid? So the first thing you have to watch out for is any document that you may receive that would shorten the period of time you have to file suit. I told you you have one year from your last date of work to file a lawsuit on the bond. There are procedural mechanisms that, that are permitted by the contractor or the owner to shorten that period of time. And if, if you get a document called a notice of contest, um, then they can shorten the period of time that you have to file a lawsuit. So keep out, keep a watch out for any document that seems to shorten the period of time uh, to file suit. The other thing you need to watch out for is for a surety just waiting you out. I told you they have one year, you have one year to file a lawsuit. We had a client who submitted a claim provided the backup, every couple of months would check and say, hey, what's going on? When are we going to get paid? They'd get letters back from the surety. We're still investigating. We're talking to the owner. Um, from the time they were last on the job till about 13 months, so more than the year, uh, had elapsed. And then the next letter they get from the surety was a letter that said, um, we've denied your claim because it's now time barred because you can no longer sue us. So the, the surety was just waiting out the claimant to avoid paying the bill. So you need to know that if you're going to go through the claim process and you're going to entertain these requests of the surety, that the deadline you need to watch out for is by, I would tell you, the 10th month. And again, my recommendation isn't even to wait that long. But by the 10th month from your last day of work, if you haven't made meaningful progress to get paid uh, on this job by the surety, you need to start considering filing a lawsuit to pursue your claim. So, when will you get paid? I would suggest to you that you practice what I would call the 60-60 rule. So, 60 days from your last work on the job is when you need to start the process of submitting your notice of non-payment. Um, you shouldn't wait till the 87th day because it takes time, it has to get delivered, it has to get prepared, it has to get delivered. So at about day 60 should be the point in time when you say, well, we haven't been paid. It's been 60 days since we've last done work on this job. We need to start the notice of non-payment process. Once you submit the notice of non-payment, then you should undertake internally your own debt collection strategies to try to get paid for the next 60 days. So you should be hassling your customer. You should be calling the surety for payment. Um, you should be sending emails. You can send letters. But you just need to really shake that tree for both your customer and the surety. Don't let go. Trust me when I tell you, 
having done this now for almost 20 years, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So the louder and more uh, aggressive you can be in being a real pain to these folks to get paid, the more likely it is that you'll get paid before other people. Now, if you try that and it still doesn't work, then what I would suggest is that you submit your information to a construction lawyer to pursue the collection process through a lawsuit. What we typically do when we get clients that send us their uh, claims on, on the bond is we, we just file a, a single count claim against the bonding company. So if it's the bonded contractor and uh, a surety, we just sue the surety, it's one count, we file it, we can turn that around in a day or two. Um, they get 20 days to respond after they're served. And I would tell you, unless they have a good defense, more often than not, they come back and they just say, okay, well, how do we make this go away? And the reason is, is that when you submit your notice of non-payment, when you call them, when you send them emails, they can delay and they can ignore you. There is no backstop to continued delay. Um, however, when you sue somebody, if they don't respond, and assert their defenses in terms of being served, you automatically win and they automatically lose. So the delay game comes to a quick end once you file the lawsuit. And in most of these cases that we get, um, the surety through the principal uh, typically negotiates with us and we settle the claim. And in many instances, we get our legal fees. Uh, sometimes we get interest. Uh, and the and the client gets the the principal balance. It's more often than not uh, a pretty fast process that the surety realizes. Well, I guess I can't wait any longer. Let's get this resolved so I don't have to keep spending money in legal fees. So the only reason you would want to delay this process until towards the end of the time period you have to file suit is if you have some business reason or business relationship to wait. Maybe this was a twenty thousand dollar bill and you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars going on with this same contractor, and you know what? I'm going to let this wait because I've got this great relationship. That's, that's perfectly fine. That's, a, that's a, a legitimate reason to hold off on your collection process. Um, what you shouldn't be doing is waiting for the sake of waiting. Um, the, uh, the sooner you undertake your collection efforts, the faster it is you're going to get paid. Uh, if you haven't already done it or found it, uh, we've released a, an app called the Calculeen. Uh, it is a notice to owner and lien date calculator. It's available on both the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. If you do a search for The Lean Zone, T-H-E-L-I-E-N-Z-O-N-E, -E -E, all together, no spaces, you'll find it. Go ahead and download it so that you won't have to calculate uh, notice to owner and lien deadlines and bond deadlines on your fingers. Great. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the LeanZone.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast app. For articles, videos, and forms on this and other construction topics, head over to the LeanZone.com.